Ladies and gentlemen, real names, no gimmicks, no theme song, Filibuster Freestyle Emergency Podcast with a man who has all kinds of things to get off his chest, including an apology, an unofficial sponsor. <laughs> He's traveled all over the great state of Florida today. It is not Andy Maslin, even though you heard the Florida buzzword. It's Roscoe Pete from Drilling Threes, and we're going to talk about the unfortunate passing of Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, Cars frontman, guitarist, songwriter, legendary producer, Rick Ocasek of the Cars. Roscoe P., how are you? What's going on? Uh, I'm great. I'm a little tired. I'm down here in the Sunshine State uh, for work, and um, I will uh, I will open with a public apology to uh, lawn and turf sport correspondent uh, expert Andy Maslin. Um, I am actually in his town right now of Sarasota, Florida. Um, I did not realize I would be in his town until this morning and uh, actually thought I was going to be staying in Bradenton. I did not know that Bradenton and Sarasota are right next to each other. Um, so here I am in his town. I did not let him know I was going to be here. Sorry, Maz. Uh, I, and in fact, it's, I've been in town for like a half hour. Um, we're going to do this pod, and then I'm probably going to go to bed because I'm up super early tomorrow, and then not really in Bradenton for that long. I will end up uh, in Orlando, and then I'm flying home to the Pioneer Valley. So um, didn't, didn't really have time to see him anyway, but I feel bad. I'm all the way down here in his town, and I, and I didn't tell him I was going to be here because I actually didn't know, So, but whatever. I've, I've been around the entire state and uh, pretty much. I, I started my day in uh, Fort Lauderdale, which you just told me is where Andy used to live. Yeah. So uh, is, is and, the, Go ahead, sorry. And, and, and those of you at home can pull out your Google Maps and you will see that Fort Lauderdale and, and uh, Sarasota sure, so. are nowhere near each other. Um, so it's, it's been that kind of week. So I apologize if I say anything too crazy. I do want to just give my uh, uh, my best effort here for the, the late, great Rick Ocasek of the cars. Yes, okay, good. So before we do that, unfo- oh, yeah, right. unfortunately, somebody, somebody unfortunately and, and Dan O'Brien and I covered it, uh, but Eddie Money died. And so just want to yes. give you a chance... If you want to say anything uh, to pay respects to the money man really quickly off the top. Yeah, well, first of all, Eddie Money uh, is your cousin. Is that correct, Gab Money? Is that how, like, second cousin? Is that the Ye- Yeah, I think we're related by marriage, but we have right. the same the same stage surname, which right. is Money, of course. Of course, yeah. Um, so I, I thought Dan and you did a, a great job. Uh, I am just, you know, as a whatever... Uh, uh, disclaimer here at the beginning, Dan is obviously a huge Eddie Money fan and uh, yeah. is very knowledgeable about Eddie. Um, I, Not that I, I don't like Rick Ocasek. I will say I, I am not as big of a fan of, of Rick Ocasek as Dan is of Eddie Money, so I don't know I'm going to have all of the knowledge that he had. Uh, but a lot of good stuff. Um, I, I did, So you guys talked about the song Shaken. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't place it. You know, I was like, wow, I figured that was one of those. And the cars have one or two of these, too, which we'll talk about. But, like, I figured it was a song. I just I didn't know the name of it or I didn't know it was any money. Um, you guys spoke so highly of it. I, I went back and listened to it. I actually listened to that podcast today. And then I went back and listened to the song. I don't think I've ever heard that song before. Are you serious? Wow. I think, I think as the kids say, I was today years old when I heard Shaken by Eddie Money. Well, you are in for a treat because the song has only gotten more popular over the last 40 years. So yeah, if you great. live another 40, it'll be even better by then. <laughs> I, I, think, I, think the, I think the best thing about Eddie Money, you guys touched on it, here's a guy who had a 40-plus year career. Yeah. 
and he basically has four songs. Yeah, I mean, he technically has like eight, but because like three of them were so good and one was an all-timer, you know? Yeah, right. Like right. He, he got the extra 39 years out of like, uh, it's good stuff. He, let's put it yeah, this way. He, he got everything out of. four of them, we don't know. We're guys who know a lot about music. There's four of them we don't know. Right. And when I think about Eddie Money, I think about, I, I think the, I, I th- my Eddie Money jam is actually Walk on Water. Oh, I, I mean, I covered that. I think that's a great song. Yeah, that's a great one. So that obviously take me home tonight, which uh, and you guys talked about Ronnie Spector is a, an, an early use of sampling, right? Like that's actually like a Ronnie Spector sample. No, no, she came in and sang it. We heard. Yeah, no, but it's still it's the same idea. Correct, right? like, correct, so correct. Took a piece of the other song and put it into his song. Like, yeah, that's like it was you know, a mashup. Like the hip, yeah, um, that's like that's like Beastie Boy stuff. Um, and and uh, two tickets to paradise, obviously. And then the one that so the, like the Eddie Money song that I forgot was Eddie Money is is it called Baby Hold On? Yeah, yeah, Baby like, Hold On yeah. to Me. Yeah, yeah. But like, but like that's a song that I obviously I know. I just I you know forget that it's him. Correct. But I mean, I mean the guy made it forty plus years with like with that. Yeah, he looks. He got everything he could out of his talent. You know what I mean? Yeah. For yeah. what for what he was, he he got everything out. Of it. So yeah. so again, much respect to Eddie Money, the late great. Uh, cousin of mine, Eddie Money. Yes. So, and and speaking of Dan O'Brien, yes, who did a great job. Um, I have an unofficial sponsor of the week. Yes. What do you got? So does I assume Dan O'Brien still lives in Flip Flip Philadelphia or thereabouts? Yeah, he lives in Philadelphia. Yeah. So there is a there is a place that you know, obviously having lived there, um, that is is huge among Philly people that I heard about when I was a freshman. College. So before I ever even met you, my original roommate was from the Philadelphia area, and he used to rave about this place, and I never heard of it, and I thought it had a stupid name, and he used to explain it to me, and I didn't really get it. I'm like, what's the big deal? It's just like every other place you've ever heard of. And then I started traveling out in the world to different parts of this country, and I discovered the experience that is known as Wawa. Oh, shoot. Yeah, Wawa's all over Florida. It is all over Florida. So I've been in Florida since Saturday. It's now Tuesday night. I've been to Wawa three times. Yeah, Wawa's the uh, best. And and they it is. It is the best. And it's so hard to explain because it doesn't seem like it should be as good as it is, but it is. So they have... It would be like if White Hand Pantry was, was awesome instead of yeah, depressing exactly. and terrible. Yeah. Like, it's like that. Yeah, it's like that. Um, <laughs> so they have... I don't know if it's new. It's new to me because where I live in Western Massachusetts, we don't have Wawa, but... Um, since the last time I've been to Wawa, they have a Cuban hoagie, Ooh. which is which is awesome. So I, I would like to nominate the Wawa Cuban hoagie as the unofficial sponsor of the week. I've had two of them in the last two days. They are wonderful. Fantastic. That sounds great. Uh, I'm in. Wawa Cuban hoagie, unofficial sponsor of the week. So let's while we're rattling off things quick, we gave Dan O'Brien a chance to kind of blast us about our... We did an emergency pod. This has like been a week and a half of emergency podcasts on the freestyle. This is my second emergency pod in like, uh, in like eight, nine, nine days, yeah, like, right? Like nine days, yeah. So anyway, we we meaning you, you, me, and Andrew Patterson before the allegations against Antonio Brown came out, really were having a good time yucking it up about how how awesome the Patriots were, and if anybody could pull this off, it's them. And five hours later, he's accused of sexual assault and all kinds of terrible things. Apparently, and I'm not, I've been at work the last couple of days a lot, so there's another allegation for another human being, another woman coming forward. So this is not getting better, it's getting worse. Do you f- care to use this moment to, to, to walk back a little bit of our uh, unbridled excitement from eight days ago? Well, I, 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 I don't know that 
I'd walk it back because we didn't. We know didn't know. We didn't know what we know now, and and neither did the Patriots. Um, but I, I I will say that uh, that podcast has aged poorly, <laughs> and and it aged poorly in like a day. Yeah, and it's like it's like the next day, it wasn't cool anymore. Um, and it stinks because you know what? It's a really good pod, and yeah. the the energy is good, and actually a ton of people, as I said, to Dan, when I talked to him, have listened to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Well, I mean, it's one of those things. Like for the moment when we recorded it, it's perfectly appropriate and it's great. And then circumstances changed, like not very uh, too too deep into the future. I, I think what I what I was I think I probably even said it on the podcast, but my thought with Antonio Brown was. It's, it's no risk, right? So you bring him in. If he acts right, he's a star player. Yep. And if he doesn't, then you just get rid of him. What I did not consider was like, so like this, and I'm not in any way excusing what he is alleged to have done, but it's not like he did it after, like he did this a year and a half ago. He didn't play for the Patriots when this happened. Right. So I wasn't prepared for like a thing that happened before coming to light now. I actually didn't think of that scenario. Yeah, that was um, the one we just didn't cover, which is like there's something out there that's not football related that's gonna right. that's gonna bite that's gonna bite the situation in the butt. Uh, right. You know, and it did. It did. Yeah. I I don't. I mean, it, these situations are always tough. Um, you know, like, is this somebody looking for money? Is it the, like, could, could it be both? Like, I think that, I think that people are coming on the, on the side of he definitely did it or she's lying and she just wants money. And I don't really know why it can't be both. Can it like, be both? Yeah. Can it be both? Like, and, and, like totally. he did it and she wants money, you know, like, well, they, can't that be true? we did learn in the last few days that the reason it came out on Monday was because he had until Saturday to, which the day he was released by the Raiders, by the way. Yeah. He had until that day to accept a two million dollar plea deal. Right. So, Which, well, well a, a settlement, not a plea. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, hundred percent. We're both we're both dealing with not a lot of sleep right now. Yeah. He he had a settlement on the table that he decided to renege upon, which is why this then became public knowledge. Right. Because right. now she's she's taking him to court, civil court, civil case. But going back to your point. Could he have done it, and could it be somebody trying to be compensated for these acts? Well, if there was a $2 million settlement on the table that he rejected, the answer is it's very plausible that your theory is correct. Right, but then there's also, like, if you did it and you just got this great second chance with the Patriots and you can make this go away for money that he has, why wouldn't you just do it? Like, like there's, there could be – I'm not – again, I don't want to defend this guy, I'm, you know, because I want to talk about how I feel about him in a second here, but um, – like he had a chance to make it go away and turned it down. So like, doesn't that kind of like, why would you turn it down? Well, one reason you turn it down is if you didn't do the thing you were accused of doing, right? Like that's a sure. Now the only issue is then somebody else is coming forward. Now again, I don't know yeah, anything about, about that. that. So about so that. now so now again, inexcusable actions. But instead instead of it going away when it was privately being negotiated, now maybe it snowballs and. You're out of the league anyway, and maybe you go to jail. You know. Well, yeah. And so anyway, we 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 didn't know what we know now, and I'm incredibly unexcited that he had a good game. I'm incredibly yeah, excited that he's on the team, and I'm incredibly ex- unexcited that instead of him failing for football reasons, he's failed for like hu- humanity reasons, and yeah. frankly, cut his ass. I don't care. Yeah, I really don't want him on the team anymore. Like like, however this shakes out, like I really. When I first read it, I was like, I think I even texted you and Andrew, like, just cut him right now. Like, like 
we don't need this. Yeah. You don't need him. They already got the best team in the league. You don't need him to make you be good. And you don't need a guy like that around. Like, just get rid of him. Uh, I was disappointed when I was reading that he's practicing and now he might play. And then he did play and he scored a touchdown. I didn't get to see the games. I was down here, you know, running around. But I know he scored a touchdown. And it's not great. Like, I, I don't want to root for him. You know what I mean? Like, Correct. Like, I, I want to root for the Patriots. I've been rooting for the Patriots for my entire life. And I don't want to root for that. And I want to root for 52 guys. I don't want to root for that guy. Yeah, I'm on the same um, page. So, so here we are nine days later and everything's changed. <laughs> everything's changed. So I just wanted to get that out there. Um, like I said, Dan O'Brien and I covered it a little bit, but he went pre- he went pretty easy on us, which he didn't have to do. Um, and obviously, we didn't know. We, how could we have known? But the- yeah, I don't. Think, I don't have, oh, here's here's my. I think there's absolute proof that the Patriots didn't know, and that is that they traded Demarius Thomas. Right, because like, they would have kept him if they were going to lose this guy. Right. That's right. If they had any idea that they may lose Brown, there's no way they're trading Thomas. Correct. Um, so I don't know. That's that's why I, that's why I think they they didn't know. Now, it's and somebody wrote this. I forget who. One of the Boston writers wrote this. Like, if they didn't ask, you know, before they signed, is there anything out there that may jump up and bite us? Then that's their fault for not doing their due diligence. If they did ask, and Rosenhaus and Brown did not tell them, then they lied, and that's you know kind of makes this even worse and makes you think they would just cut it. But I don't know. Right. So anyway, there's no there's no way this ends well, as Dan said yesterday. Karma, karma's not on our side right now. So, no. anyway, okay, let's talk about Rick Ocasek. Let's get to the, let's get to the man of the hour. Yeah. So, pour some out for the guy. I guess I, I guess, like I mentioned to you on the incredibly abbreviated pre-show, want to go through their just. <laughs> it was abbreviated. That might be. We keep setting records for the shortest pre-show. Well, I might have broken a new one. I, I aim to please, you know, um, in terms of production meetings. So anyway. Um, I just want to start it with, because I don't want to forget this part. Rick Ocasek, wildly successful producer after his Hall of Fame career at the Cars. He gave us Weezer. He produced their original Blue album. He produced their Green album. He produced their 2014 album, which I was too lazy to write down. Um, he yeah, gave it's us a long ne- title. Right? It's like everything's going to be all right in the end, or something. Yeah, like that, it's right? definitely yeah. not blue or green. Exactly. Oh, um, okay. He gave us Not a Surf, who I kind of remember us kind of liking tangentially back in the nineties. Oh, popular Johnny Football Hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> Not a Surf. Yeah, great yeah. song. Great song. Yeah, that's courtesy of Rick Ocasek. So I got a few other things here that he did production-wise, and maybe we'll bang those out. But he did stuff with... Bad Brains. He did Bad Brains. He did Bad Brains. He did Bad Religions, The Gray Race. Bad Religion, yep. Um, uh, he, did, he did a bunch of stuff. I mean, he did Swayze's Let It Beat. I mean, <laughs> he, oh. he's done a lot of stuff. So yeah. just, you know, respect to the guy. Like you said, Bad Brains. Alan Vega, who I don't know, but apparently is a big deal. Okay. Um, so anyway, good for him to have that like secondary career. Married a supermodel who's like 27 years younger than him. Not a bad pickup, as the great Joey Reyes we once once said to you in, <laughs> yeah, he in did college. Say that, didn't he? Uh, so anyway, Rick Ocasek. Can I just jump in on that point? Yeah, sure. And I don't know. I don't. I know her first name is Paulina. I forget how to say her last name. Povetskova or something. Yeah, Povetskova. I think. Yeah. So she was the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue cover model. Correct. In in an era where like that was the thing. Right. Not like, last year, but bef- yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like no one really cares about it anymore because there's like free porn on the internet and stuff. But um, like when 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 the best supermodel in the world was on the cover of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, she was it. Yes. And what I really like is in reading. I, I did some you know last couple of days or whenever I had a chance to read a little bit about Rick and some tributes to him. 
one thing that always comes up is like one of his accomplishments is that he was married to Paulina for 40 years. Yeah, they and just separated like literally last year. Last year and like didn't tell you. It's one of those weird relationships where they're, she said like they're still a family, but they're not a couple. They well, because they, they have two sons. I mean, it, you yeah. know, it sounds like they've got a family. They're adults. He's, again, 20-something years older than her. Yeah, yeah. You know, towards the end, it probably turns into more of a caretaker relationship and whatever. Right. He was in poor health. Yeah, sure, sure. But I, I think what all those – with those tributes, are, they're kind of saying the quiet part loud of that Rico Kasich sort of lived the dream of every, like, goofy, skinny, not-that-good-looking dude that – if it can just be a big enough rock star, you get to model the best look. You get to marry the best looking supermodel in the world. Yeah, I mean, he's not the only one to do it, but he might be the greatest example of like the degree of difficulty by which he pulled it. Yeah, because he was in a band. Like that's why everybody who learns how to play guitar like does it for that reason, and he did it. Yeah, show yeah. me the show me the guy doing it for the music, and honestly, yeah. he's, right. I'll, I'll show you a liar. <laughs> right, right. So I, I have enjoyed that that's been listed as like an one accomplishment. Of his accomplishments in his life. I'll also add, I think this is right. Maybe you can double check this. I think you have the Wikipedia page up. You said always. I, I do not. Um, he has, I think, over the course of two or three relationships, he has six children total, um, and yeah. they are all all sons. All sons, wow. Six for six. And as a former mentor of mine used to say, it takes a man to make a man. Wow. What so a- he, he went he went six for six and banging out sons with, what? I think, three different women, at least two different women. Yeah, so definitely three, because actually I read that they didn't get famous until um, he had two kids from two different marriages back in the 70s. Oh, wow. So he already had four kids when the cars got famous? Well, he had at least two, I think. At least two. Oh, okay. And now he might have had a couple more with the second with the second relationship, maybe. And then I think he had yeah. two with Paulina. But two with Paulina, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, let's let's start, man. I mean, these guys are, they have like an, an again, talking about Eddie Money, his real, I mean, he had a 40-year career, but he had like an 11-year window. These guys also had like an 11-year window. Uh, and the first like four years of it were basically... Three greatest hits albums, and then enough material to make a fourth greatest hits album. Um, like they yeah, literally way on their own terms, right? They just kind of stopped. Yeah, they kind of just stopped. Yeah, so I figure we'll go through. The other thing I, I think is worth pointing out, and I always forget this about the Cars, is that Benjamin Orr, who co-founded the band, he yeah. sang on actually a lot of their hits. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So people always think of Rick Ocasek as. The, the, pre- the primary, primary songwriter, and he was. Um, he was, yeah. But, but he did not actually sing lead on all their songs or all their hits. Right, Benjamin Orr. Did, and Benjamin Orr has also passed away, right? He's, yes, which is why why Rick sang all the songs that they sang at the Hall oh, of Fame. at the Hall of Fame. Because a couple right, of those Hall right. of Fame songs actually weren't, weren't Rick to start. Either. Yeah, exactly. That's right, yeah. So, and I was going through our old notes when we were, when we were summarizing or hypothesizing what songs they would play at the Hall of Fame, etc. Pretty cool. So anyway, um, and I want to come back. Remind me, I have an, I have a crack idea for you for later, but I, I, it's, it's not related to the cars. So um, okay. I want to come back to it. But anyway, okay. So first album called The Cars. Three singles off the bat. Just what I needed. My best friend's girl. Good times roll. We'll get into a couple yeah. other songs, but... I just want to the first three songs on the album too. Correct. The first three I think it songs. Goes, Good times are all my best friend's girl and just what I needed. Yeah, those are the first three songs in a row. Rick Ocasek sings the first two, and then just what I needed, actually sung by Benjamin Orr. I just want to point out that 
Drilling Three started as a cover band. Uh, probably most of our best work is as a party band, playing cover songs, weird versions of other people's songs. But amongst yeah. the first like twenty songs we learned, I feel like just was I just what I needed was one of them. Well, I was going to ask you because I was thinking about this in my endless driving around Florida today. Um, was that perhaps in the set list of the first ever? The, the Cape Cod show. I think it might have been. The, the, the first ever show of, you know, of the thing that turned into Drilling Threes. Yes. I, I think just what I needed was in that set list. Yes, 100%. So, yeah, we, we played it the first time we ever played. And I would imagine we probably played it, you know, the most recent time we played. Um, probably, yeah. You know, that song, honestly, you know, of, of all the songs we worked in and worked out, of all the songs that were fads, of all the songs we got tired of playing, you know, what song plays to like every audience in a decent way or better? You know that song. You know, yeah. So really cool. Um, just to think about that, that song was basically. And b- believe me, we are not the only band to cover that song. Um, by I, w- I would guess probably not. But anyway, so yeah, so first three first three songs on the album are all singles, are all hits to this day. Huge. Got got to be up there for. I mean, tell me another album whose first three songs are as good as those three. Yeah, exactly. And so then you flip the flip it over to the B side, okay? And you've you're got all I got tonight. You've got you're all I got tonight. Bye bye love, which I I love that song. Mm. Um, you got moving, moving in stereo, stereo which yeah. good good gravy. Dan O'Brien wanted to make sure we got in the fast time at Ridgemont High piece. And well, I was, I was gonna say moving in stereo is like it's it's better, and this may be you know I'm not. We are here to praise Rick Ocasek, uh, of course, rightfully so. But I think like. Moving in Stereo is not as good of a song as it's treated. Like, it's good because of that scene, right? Like, it's famous for its role in that movie and what happens in that scene. Well, what's amazing is that the song is a deep cut, right? It's it's the number eight song on a nine-song record, and right, Benjamin right. Orr actually is the singer, not yeah. Rick Ocasek, though Ocasek did write it. So the point is, it's the eighth song on a nine-song record, and, yeah, it got famous for, like, a movie, but it's still... it's. It's a weird, cool song, especially if the year's like 1978, 1977, right, right, and you're like, right. what the hell sound is this? Right. You know? Yeah, it got released at basically Memorial Day 78. If I'm sitting there Memorial Day 1978, by the way, neither of us was alive yet. We neither were, of us was alive. We were, we were in utero, right as they say, but we were yeah. not alive yet. We're old AF, and we were not alive but yet. But we're not as old as this song. No. But yeah, just what I needed. Amazingly... Number 27 in America, number 17 in Britain. Best Friends Girl, number 35 in America, number 3 in Britain. Good Times World didn't chart in Britain. It was number 41 in America, but the British the British were warming up to it a little bit more. You know what I mean? Sure. Well, yeah, yeah. But so anyway, that, there you go. That's the debut album. Pretty damn, pretty damn amazing. About five singles. I mean, they could have just stopped right there, and it would have been an amazing career. Correct. But they go to Candio next year. 1979, the top 20 hits on that, or the top 20 hit is Let's Go. Yeah, so Let's Go is the, so there's there's like a, a song that um, I always forget yep. that is the Cars, and there's a song that I think is the Cars that's not. Yes. Um, the song that I always think is the Cars that's not is And She Was by Talking Heads. <laughs> nice. Which which really should be a Cars It sounds like I mean, the Cars, yeah, yeah, It yeah. sounds like the Cars, right? Um, 
but the song that I forget is the cars is let's go. So, and I also, I don't think of that as the title. I think of like, I like the nightlife baby. Yeah. I call it. I like the nightlife baby. Right. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, what's I'm reading, you know, through the big hits. I'm like, what's let's go. And I pulled it up on Spotify and then within two seconds, you know, right. Um, I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot. That's the cars. Right. So yeah. So that's like, that's like the big cars hit that I always forget is the cars. Yeah. Also Ben, Benjamin or a Benjamin or vehicle in terms of singing. Yeah. And again, Rick wrote all the tracks on this record too. But then the minor hit is It's All I Can Do, which I actually, that's a good song. Like a really good song. And so good for those guys. They come out with another record. Um, you know, the rest of the songs on the, on the 11 song album, I, you know, I guess weren't singles. Um, Double Life was apparently. I couldn't pick Double Life out of a police lineup to borrow a phrase from my Eddie Money podcast the other you know, the other day. But, um, but yeah, anyway, good stuff coming out with two more hits. And then they go to Panorama, okay? Panorama, not a lot of action on this one. What was that? Well, we haven't gotten to Drive yet, right? Where's Drive? No, Drive's and, coming up. Drive's coming and you up. Might, you might think that's on the next one. Yeah, so that, that's like, this is like kind of their... Oh, that's like, what is that called? Heartache Alley or something? Or? Yeah, something like that. This is their dip. So this yeah. one's called Panorama. They had a song called Touch and Go, which peaked at number 37. Um... They have another song called Don't Tell Me No and a song called Give Me Some Slack, none of which seem to have charted in the top 100. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, so then they got to get their crap back together. So they get Shake It Up, their fourth album. Oh, Shake It Up, of course. Their fourth album and their single from that record, Shake It Up. Uh, Rick Ocasek is the singer on this one. A nice three-and-a-half-minute ditty. Perfect amount of time. Oh, Shake It Up's a great song. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of people would actually... You know, look at Shake It Up and say, that, you know, it's, for some people, that's the song they think of when they think of the cars. Yes, that's fair. That's fair. You know, since you're gone, it's not a bad you think of? I was trying to think of that. When you think, you're like, as soon as I say the cars, what's the song you think of? I mean, I think it's just what I needed because we played it a million yeah. times. But, Me too, yeah. But I think, I think in fairness, I probably have to go back to that first record and look again. But Because um, the song that I don't think is the cars is Drive. Oh yeah, that doesn't really. And I gotta tell you, that's the car song I don't like. Well, yeah, it, true. But it's actually their biggest. It. It's, it's actually their biggest radio hit too. It's, it's yeah, ironic. No, yeah. Um, I was reading about the different producers they went to um, during the course of their career earlier today, and that one, and I'll get to it in a minute. But the producer they used is like a kind of a hit making, straight ahead rock and roll guy. Um, yeah. Might be like Jeff Mutt Lang or somebody. Uh-huh. And um, but they were saying like they turned to him for like a new sound because they were kind of whatever bored or just floundering or whatever and kind of found their biggest radio hit. But again, I forget it's them. Yeah, it did I, sound like that. To me, it's like Mike and the Mechanics, even though they weren't a, a thing yet. You know, <laughs> they were still part of Genesis. But I digress. Still in Genesis. Yeah, yeah but I digress. Um, but anyway, o- only real hit on that one is, is "Shake It Up." I don't really remember Since You're Gone or Victim of Love or Thinking Over, but... Oh, Since You're Gone. Yes, I do. Is that the song I'm thinking of? Well, are you thinking of the Kelly Clarkson uh, Since You're Gone? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. If, if the Since I'm if it's Since You're Gone I'm thinking of is the one that's on this record, then that's amazing. But I don't think I'm right on that. So anyway, um, let's get to the next record. Heartbeat City, 1984. Oh, that, that's what I meant. Heartbeat this City. is the one. So this one not only has Drive... But you might think. You might also, think another great one. You might think is another one that I 
frankly, I do think of when I think of the cars. Yeah, yeah, banger. Um, but yeah, Robert John Mutlange was the producer. Um, basically, picking up a positive commercial response, many tracks getting airplay, Drive, and you might think, both, both reached the top ten. So amongst their biggest radio hits where you might think, oh, oh, my God, oh, my God, dude. This is my favorite car song, and I think I said this two years ago. Okay. Magic is my jam. Oh yeah, you love that song. And magic is magic is on this record. So. Yeah, it's another one you forget. Is I forget is them. I do too. Until 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 we did that Hall of Fame podcast right. in twenty eighteen, and then I kind of had it seared into my head. Um, I totally forgot that magic was them. But yeah, released May seventh, nineteen eighty four. That's that album had six, well, five singles on it, and then six if you count "Heartbeat City," the album track, uh, which was released was only in the UK as a single. But you know, why can't why can't I have you? Hello again, Drive Magic. You might think so. Fifth or fifth studio record, and they're still putting out three major singles. Yeah. Also, Drive is the video in which. Uh, Paulina Poritskova is introduced to, 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 to not only to the video and to the cars and to being famous, but also to, to her would-be husband. Yeah, she Casey. got a crush on him from seeing the video? No, she was in this video. Oh, she was in the... Oh, but wasn't there one before that? Like, I thought I read something about on the first day of MTV, right? So the very first day that MTV was a thing. Okay. They played... Oh yeah, three different three different cars videos. I think that was um, I read that too actually. It's the one where he's like a a bug kind of, and he's chasing a model through like. Yeah. Yeah, I read that too. So she might have seen. Is it possible that she saw that the first day and like got a crush on him and then wanted to be in the video later? Is that is that a thing, or am I making that up? It's 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 too good to it's too good for me to either research or try to refute here on the on the air. So yeah, let's go with it. Yeah, That's a well, but I, I see. I'm also not sure that dress. So when did MTV start? Like Drive was out when MTV started, or was it had MTV already started when Drive? No, 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 like, no, 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 no. The, one of their first records was 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 hot when MTV started. Yeah. Okay. Right. So Drive was. Yeah. So all right. So that's what I think. So so Drive was not released yet on the first day of MTV. Yeah. Because no. Because yeah. Because Paulina, Paulina was in this video. Okay. So I think I'm right then. I think on the first day of MTV, they played three different Cars videos. Okay. Paulina was watching MTV, saw the Cars video, said, wow, that guy's hot, and it had a chance to be in their video, and that's where they met, and now, you know, 40 years later. I think that's, the, or whatever, or 30 years later. Way too good for me to try to refute. Yeah, I like it. I, I think that's right, yeah. So here's what I'm reading, by the way, and I literally was thinking this a minute ago. I was thinking Magic kind of reminds me of, like, a soft Def Leppard song. And here I am reading right now that the album was produced by Mutt Lange, who produced Hysteria for Def Leppard. Wow. Wow. See, there you go. It's all coming together. It's all coming together. It's all coming together. So anyway, great stuff, Heartbeat City. So then you get into, in 85, the record labels were greedy enough to do a greatest hits record. Uh-huh. Which is in many a jukebox in the world, or at least was back in the 90s. Which is the Cars Greatest Hits. Let me read you through the 13 song Cars Greatest Hits. You ready? Ooh, ready. And mind you, they did an album after this. 
But this is just in like a seven-year period. Just what I needed since you're gone. So I think I'm right about that song being what I think it is. Yeah. You might think Good Times Roll, Touch and Go, which I don't really know, Drive, Tonight She Comes, which was previously unreleased, so it was new for the, new for the record. That sounds like an Eddie Money song. It sure does. <laughs> uh, so does My Best Friend's Girl, but it's a car song. That's true, though. Number nine, Heartbeat, Heartbeat City. Number 10, Let's Go. Number 11, I'm Not the One. Number 12, Magic. Number 13, Shake It Up. I don't even think that this record has all their hits on it. So yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't, doesn't have movie in stereo. So anyway, big deal, big record. And then in 87, they hang it up with their final their final effort, original effort from Electra Records. Well, there was a much later one, right? There was like a 2011 one or something, right? Yeah, we, I'll try to get into that in a second because I'm not sure. But none, none of the songs, it seems like, on this one really charted. Uh, no, so I saw somebody wrote, I think on The Ringer, somebody wrote, they had they released four indelible albums and two delible ones. <laughs> Delible's a good word. <laughs> so, yeah, so, like, I think the last two, like, the one you're referencing now and then the one that was much later are, you know, not really in the same, like, it's it's the first four is what you're, is, like, that's really what the cars are. Right, be. but actually... What I'm learning right now is the song You Are the Girl reached number 17 in the Billboard 100. It was released in 1987. I don't remember it. Um, no, I don't know. And it was also number two on the rock charts. And then the follow-up single, Strap Me In, uh, only scraped into the top 100, peaking at number 85, though it was number four on the rock charts. So, you know, like Eddie Money and his fade out, they were still charting with some people, but it wasn't, you know, part of the cultural... Zeitgeist. I've been using Zeitgeist. that word a lot lately, but yes. now that I finally kind of mastered what it means, like on how to use it. P.S. Oh, I still know. I still don't know how to use Meta, so you know I got to use Zeitgeist. Oh yeah, I don't know how to use Meta either. Hey Meta, you suck. Which I think is kind of Meta. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. So 80, 95, they go just what I needed. The Cars anthology. Um, and then okay, shake it up and other hits. Two thousand one, which is like another. Best of thing? Yeah. 2002, the complete greatest hits. This is his record company's cashing in. Um, what, what else we got? Oh, The Essentials in 2005. This is just being a tribute act. Yeah, it's, it's all greatest hits until I think like 2011 or the something. The classic tracks came out in 08. Yeah. And then, yeah, I don't know, dude. Whatever. Yeah, very delible. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. A record called Move Like This came uh, out in 2011. Here you go, Roscoe P. You're right. So they, they took off, holy cow, 87 to 11. They released one single called Sad Song. I couldn't pick it out of a lineup. Um, we're trying to see what's on this thing. Release and reception. Yeah, well, this is when you know, the, the gap was due to that Rick Ocasek quit the band. Yeah, they had a falling out. and then He quit one, the cars for 24 years, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, but dude, this is interesting. I only know this because I went through our notes the other night. There's a song on this one called Blue Tip. Mm-hmm. Which also sounds like an Eddie Money song. <laughs> <laughs> so much, so much action right there. But I wrote this back in the day. Uh, I wrote something like, Blue Tip reminds me of, of an LCD sound system today. Uh-huh. Song today. So... Whatever they were stumbling on, I feel like it was kind of a cool thing, which is kind of what the cars were known for to start, which was like pressing the sonic envelope and making it popular. All right. All right. So that one sticks to me, but basically, whatever. Also, that song was produced by a guy named Jack Knife Lee. 
I want to nominate him for favorite name of the week, which is a totally new category. Absolutely. Favorite yeah. name of the week. Great, yeah. great, great guy. Jackknife no, Lee. No more calls. We have a winner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyway, this I wish we had more time to prepare, but but Rick died so quickly on the heels of Eddie Money. Um, certainly a more prolific career, probably certainly more of an indelible um, mark over the last 40 years on, on music that will live forever. But uh doesn't make any money wrong. It just makes, you know, Rick Ocasek was Rick Ocasek. Yeah, and, and what I would say about him, you know, just kind of like if I had to gather what I feel about uh, Rick Ocasek and just, you know, and kind of one, one thought and what I really respect. And they're, you know, the Cars are one of those bands like, I like the Cars. I like a lot of their songs. I appreciate what they did for music. They're absolutely deserving of Hall of Fame status. Um, if I'm going to list my top ten favorite bands of all time, they're not going to be in it. But um, but what I would say is what I appreciate and what I always look for in music is originality. Yes. And something that's just different from everything else. And if there's something I can say about Rick Ocasek is that he was absolutely himself, uh-huh. and he was absolutely an original as you know, a songwriter, a performer, a producer, a painter. You know, like he really did live this extraordinary life, uh, you know, on his own terms, and and um, and was was greatly successful for it. And uh, what I somebody, this is not my idea, so I'm, I'm going to be unoriginal in my in my praise of his originality. But I, I saw somebody wrote this that what he was able to do is. He made weird pop music, which, by definition, is impossible. <laughs> like, like, the, the, like, think about what pop music is, right? Totally. Like, pop music is easily digestible, consumable, sing along to it on the radio in your car. Everybody likes it. It all kind of sounds the same. Like, that's pop music. It can't be weird. It is the opposite of weird. Correct. And he made pop music, huge radio hits that are all kind of weird. Hundred percent, and and that's something that you know, like, so I mean, when I think about like what influences me as an artist or whatever, and I you know I haven't written much lately, but um, something I always strive for as an artist, and I think we were able to achieve. I think as, as drilling threes is not only with the way we approached our covers and we did covers, but also with the limited original material we we produced. Um, is to is to do something that doesn't really sound like anybody else, but without being totally weird, right? Like <laughs> yeah. like totally off the wall. Like like you could run around your kitchen and bang pots and pans together and scream gibberish, and it would be you could call it a song that you know no one's ever heard anything like it before. Yeah. But it's also like so far away from music that no one would recognize it. So that's that's certainly something that the Cars did was they made real you know truly unique music. Um, that was really kind of weird, but didn't really sound like it. If that if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, like I think it's he, weird music that doesn't sound weird. Yeah, I mean, the guy knew. I mean, I, I read a couple articles today. I mean, the guy knew what he was doing. You know, like yeah. as a songwriter, because he was the songwriter. You know, and you know, think about this too. This is just popping into my head, but it, maybe it helps crystallize it even as a producer. Like he produced the sweater song for Weezer. Which, when I first heard it, I was like, oh, another one-hit wonder, like, mid-90s radio. But that whole record was good, because then I, then I bought oh, the CD. There's three hits on that record. Right. And so, that's a guy who, you know, and somebody else wrote this. He was inspired to play guitar. He was old enough to be inspired by Buddy Holly. He was the guy right. who produced a song called Ooey You, I Just Like Buddy Holly. Like, right. How about that? How, right. how crazy is that? You know, but, like... Crazy. 
But like you know, it's just like there, there's there's a genius to being both popular and weird and irreverent and relevant all at once. Yeah. And the yeah, cars really did it for like it, right? nine years in a row. So yeah, that's a that's a short list of people who've been able to pull that off. No question. So that's 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 huge. So hats off to Rick Ocasek of the cars. Um, I also read that when Kurt Cobain was teaching himself to play guitar, one of the first songs he learned was "My Best Friend's Girl." Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah. And, and there's another one, like, like you listen to Nirvana, like, is there anything about Nirvana that makes you think of the cars? No, but when the guy behind Nirvana was learning how to play guitar, the song he turned to was the cars. Right. Right. Which is kind of like, Dur- without, without Roxy Music, there'd be no Duran Duran, but hey, yeah. you know, <laughs> rock and roll, man. Um, all right, cool. Let's leave Rick Ocasek there. Do you want to hear about my dumb, my dumb podcast idea real quick? Yeah, is this the thing you wanted me to remind you about? Yes, and it's actually going to double as the fake band name of the week. Okay. So um, it's called Tennis Jerks. Okay. So face band name, fake band of the week, Tennis Jerks. It's a podcast where, like, say in a world where you and I had infinite time and money, we would just go around to obscure tennis tournaments all over the world and narrate the matches as a podcast as, like, <laughs> jerks. <laughs> because tennis is like this classy sport where you can't talk and all this stuff, you know what I mean? But it gets really snippy because it's like not like golf. It gets very heated, and I just feel like it's very competitive. Yeah. And I just feel like you know, a couple snarky jerk announcers. There's probably a market for that, and you would just be real upfront, real transparent. Call it tennis jerks, and well, uh, well, what we could do for it cheaply rather than travel around the world doing this, we could go Mystery Science Theater three thousand. And just and just watch tennis matches on television and snark about them, you know, like with the sound off and snark about them as they're happening. That's fair. That's probably cheaper. Okay, let's put that on the more uh, efficient. Or or we could just quit our job and travel around the world and do this. See, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I was off. I was erring more towards that idea, but yeah, fine, let's do it. You know, sure. If we want to make it a real thing, maybe we should at least start by doing it on TV. And if somebody likes it, maybe they'll give us money to do it, right? So <laughs> so anyway, all right, Roscoe P, stick around for a minute. We will catch up. Rick Ocasek, rest in peace. Eddie Money, rest in peace. Oh, tough week. Good Lord. I mean, it's really tough. Uh, Roscoe P., thanks for coming on on the emergency pod. And uh, to Andy Maslin, sorry Roscoe P. didn't let you know he was going to be in town. Sorry. Maybe next time, Mas. 